0: What superhero do you relate to most? I'm so curious, why? Each of us has our own innate nuclear power. It's God given. And yet we're all out here wondering, searching, forgetting, and suppressing. I know I was. It's okay, no judgments here, but I am gonna get real. As a life and career coach, it's kind of my job. And you chose the show, so no one is forcing you. But the force is real. And the question I really wanna ask is, what's your superpower i'm sharon davenport i've been called a real life wonder woman this show is designed to activate you alongside other superheroes it's time that you arise put your cape on and fly Welcome, friends! I am super stoked to have you here with us today, and you are in for a treat. Dr. Emmy Hosoda, uh, Hosoda, there we go, <laughs> is not only a brilliant holistic and functional medicine physician, certified in internal medicine, but she is also super fun to tune into on Instagram and Clubhouse, and even TikTok as well. Dr. Emmy empowers those in the our 40s and 50s and 60s to make these years better than our 20s. And I'm totally down for that. How about you? So it's an honor to call Dr. Emmy friend. And every time I talk with her, I too learn something new. She's helped multitudes of people balance hormones, naturally treat stress and autoimmune conditions, and Age gracefully, or shall or shall we say, get that smoking hot bod and stay that way, Doctor Emmy. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you here. So thank you again for being here. Thanks so much and for having me. Definitely. So we are just gonna we are just gonna dive right in here. And one of the first questions I ask all of my astounding guests is. Who is your su- your favorite superhero and
1: why? Wonder Woman, of course. <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I'm part of the Linda Carter fan club, too. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, because she could do it all, you know. And uh, she hid um, a lot of her talents under the guise of, you know, being an administrative assistant, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know, secretary is what they call them in the old days. But yeah, I mean, I, I really, I always admired her. And then, you know, kind of the more modern version of her played by Gal Gadot uh, is also really cool, so yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, I don't think you can watch the new Wonder Woman without getting like pumped up, especially you know when she comes up out of the the trench and and onto the battlefield, and it's just like that moment that I think wells up inside each of us. But but Linda Carter is definitely you know the the icon like the original Wonder Woman. So um, is, yeah,
1: love yeah. and it, so. really, uh, very much you know that kind of person also um, from what I've read about her. So.
0: Yeah. Yes, awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah she's done a lot. Um, and I think Linda Carter, she actually, um, yeah, we could get into super like the, the behind the scenes stuff here. But um, yeah, I think she like gave up acting so she could actually spend time with her family and stuff too. That was one thing mm-hmm. that I really respect about her too. But um, so. Yes. And I would love to let people know, like, and let people hear from you, you know, what would you say your superpower is and how do you use it in your day to day?
1: So my superpower is really helping people to get to the energy, the vibrance and the body composition that they want um, in their forties, fifties and sixties. Uh, so for me, you know, it was a very personal journey. And in figuring out what was going on with me, I was able to figure out how to really generalize this to everyone because uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, suffer a lot of self-blame for, you know, where they are maybe in their, um, you know, body composition journey or, you know, they feel like they're aging and there's no stop to it and they've lost a lot of energy. And the thing is that we have the science to correct that and it's really not about blame it's about science and and figuring out you know how to get you particularly where you want to be by correcting the things that happen to all of us as we get older Uh, and some of the things that you know we can hide really well um, when we're younger kind of come to the fro when we're older but it's actually our chance to really address those things head on and so that's really what i feel is my superpower is to really help people age backwards that way to figure out you know what's really dogging me? What's in my genetics, my hormones? You know my lifestyle that's keeping me from living my best life in my middle years and really getting people there. Uh, and so that's you know that's my superpower. That's what I love doing.
0: That's an incredible superpower. And it's kind of like that. Was it the Benjamin? Button, you know, let it go aging backwards. you know,
1: know to right. <laughs> uh, but
0: We'll take it. We'll take it, and uh, you know, and that's just it. Is everybody's on their own personal journey when it comes to this, and and I feel like so much of what we've seen in the mainstream for so many years. Now people are waking up now. It seems like, but is is that? you know, personalized attention, not that everybody to, you know, reduce calories, exercise more, that's not working. And people are waking up to that fact. But um, speaking of personal journeys, and you have had your own incredible personal wellness journey. And I would love for our friends that are listening um, to be able to hear a little bit about your story and what you've overcome. So can you share with us about that?
1: Absolutely. You know, so for me, it wasn't just about losing weight. I mean, I did weigh 235 and I needed to lose 100 pounds. (laughs) So that was big. But a lot of it was also about my wellness. I mean, I was in my 30s and I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. My husband had to massage me out of bed in the morning. And, you know, uh, it was it was a rough thing. And um, I really, you know, being a conventionally trained doctor, I didn't really think about diet. Um, I didn't really think about my lifestyle putting me where I was. I was like, well, I must just have fibromyalgia. That's why I can't get out of bed. And, you know, I have this family history of diabetes. And so there's nothing I can do about my weight, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, um, what really woke me up was actually having a kid on the autism spectrum, because in trying to help him, I actually did a lot more research than I did for myself than I did as a doc. Um, and really with, with, the diet that I had to put him on, which is the Dan diet, the defeat autism now diet, they take you off um, gluten, dairy, artificial color and flavor, you know, refined sugar. Um, And so when I put him on that diet, I thought, well, somebody else in the family needs to be on this diet. And my husband, who's a skinny mini is never going to be that person. So I went on that diet with him and, and I didn't lose weight just doing that because I had other issues, but that brain fog and that inability to get out of bed because my muscles hurt, that went away, and my bowel issues got a lot better. And -hmm. then my son had this dramatic recovery. The people who know him, I mean, can't believe that this kid that was rolling on the floor at six screaming is now this kid who's, you know, getting a fisheries biology degree in a year. So, So it was dramatic, and it proved to me kind of the power of lifestyle, you know, and I was just like, oh, there's more to this. I need to learn more about this. And that's when I kind of got my education in functional medicine and really started personally looking at all of the basic science that has to do with body composition. How do you lose fat, gain muscle, and become more energetic and feel better in your 50s? And for me, I mean, it's meant like being able to wear clothes that I can wear in my 20s because I always had kind of a little bit of a weight problem, except for in my 20s and in, in like very spurts where I would really like put a lot of effort into, you know, star- right. starving myself exercising, and then I would get small for a little bit, but of course, it would all come back. Um, mm-hmm. and now it's, you know, stayed off for a good three years, because I've really figured out, you know, how to do it. Um, and, um, you know, for a lot of um, people in my practice, uh, it's been just as long, too. And the cool thing is, they feel differently. They're not, yeah. uh, you know, it's not just a matter of body composition it's a matter of like really feeling good and being able to like bounce out of bed in the morning and you know i was out last night till midnight for instance um listening <laughs> well, to a friend and, sing. <laughs> and, and then, then it's, it's really, early like, yeah it's like it's 6 45 <laughs> your time when we're recording this yeah, and I don't have not sleeping on a regular basis of course but you can do it if if your body is is in tune like if you miss one you know one hour of sleep one night the next night you go straight back to it and and you can do the things that you could do in your twenties in your fifties and sixties things that a lot of people, you know, would put them out uh, if they had to like keep this work schedule and still do what they wanted to do, like go listen to music. So.
0: I I love hearing your story. And I actually, I I learned something um, that I hadn't, you know, I knew a little bit of the story about your son, but I didn't understand the dramatic transition that you were able to see and achieve with him. And, um, you know, sometimes what a gift that has that has been too for i mean it just changed the whole trajectory and actually one of the things i was going to ask you later was you know was there a turning point with you having that internal medicine background that that traditional medical field to that turning point of of you know shifting into holistic health and wellness field and mm-hmm. it sounds like and that was that was pretty significant and it sounds like possibly would you say that's definitely what did it for you um,
1: completely was with your son and. um, Yeah. I mean, for the holistic health part of it, that's for sure. But the weight loss part, what actually happened was, um, you know, at the time I was trying to lose weight. So I was eating 1200 calories a day on this very restrictive diet. Um, I was going up a mountain three to four days a week. We have a little mountain in the town I live in and people use it to like, get ready to go up Mount Rainier. So Mm -hmm. um, I was climbing that. You know, three or four days a week, and spending like a you know hour and a half, three or four days a week exercising. So I was not a couch potato, and yet I still weighed two thirty five. And mm-hmm. I was you know shifting my practice towards lifestyle and spending a lot of time with patients talking about lifestyle. And I had a patient who was diabetic. She was also quite overweight, very uncontrolled type two diabetes. And I was talking to her about her food choices and how that was impacting her blood sugar. And she said to me, "Well, how can you give me health advice? I mean, you're like 100 pounds overweight. Wow. <laughs> was like, yeah, you know, you're. Wow. <laughs> and it's not, you know, eat less and exercise more. I'm already doing that. So, um, you know, it was like go back to the drawing board for me and figure out all all of these parts of body composition medicine. And I'm not going to call it quote obesity medicine because when you say that now the people who specialize in that just specialize in giving people all these drugs to lose weight, which Mm -hmm. are not going to really solve your underlying problems. So um, it's body composition medicine, because my interest isn't to just give you drugs to help you lose weight. It's really to, you know, make the whole composition of your body, including your health different, Um, you know, help you age backwards and none of the drugs that they give you to lose weight actually do that. So Mm. it's, it's a different way of approaching it.
0: And Wow. So I just want to stop right there here for a second and say, you know, it's almost a slap in a face, your face, when the client did that. But also Mm -hmm. you actually, but you got you, though, you took that and you go, you know what? She's right. So you actually made that change. You decided to take action on that. You didn't take Mm -hmm. offense to it. You didn't. Well, I might have heard a little bit, but, 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 but you actually. And then look at how it's shifted your whole practice and look at how it's the people that you are helping now, you probably never would have had the opportunity to come into contact with if you hadn't had that almost wake up moment and that, that, okay, I, I hear her. I'm actually going to to take action on that. So I commend you in, in that too. So, um, <laughs> definitely but so we're talking about you know genetics we're talking and we've heard you know people say oh it's genetic you know they kind of flippantly <laughs> say that right and and um, You're right, it is genetic. well that's <laughs> what i want to talk about next is, is our you know our friends listening maybe like me and more curious you know you know tell us a little bit about how our genes affect our health and what that looks like if you don't mind
1: Well, the great thing about genetics now is that we figured out a lot about how to tweak it. So there's this field called epigenetics or this way of thinking about genetics called epigenetics. And that is that you can turn genes on and off with your lifestyle. And this has been proven over and over again, Uh, not just lifestyle, but like things that you're exposed to in the environment. Um, You know, a big glaring example of this is Agent Orange, like a lot of the vets that came back from Vietnam epigenetically, part of their genes were turned on that really not only increased type 2 diabetes in them, but it also got passed down in their sperm. Uh, and, you know, the, the risk of type 2 diabetes in their offspring was so much higher uh, wow. because of these genes that were sort of permanently turned on or ones that were beneficial being turned off by Agent Orange. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, it's real, you know, and your lifestyle makes an impact. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the classic examples I can give is really intermittent fasting. You know, a lot of people are like on this intermittent fasting bandwagon to lose weight and there's doctors that are like, oh, this is the solution for everyone. Well, the fact is that it's probably the solution for 80% of people. But Mm -hmm. in 20% of people that have certain what we call thrifty genes, if their body gets the threat that they're fasting as in a famine is coming, it's gonna make them way more insulin resistant and it's gonna make them pack onto the pounds even harder. And so Mm -hmm. those percent of people really need to be eating more often. Mm -hmm. And even like, should you eat more fat, more carbs, more protein, there's genetics behind that, that we know a lot about now at this point, you know, is calorie restriction going to work for you? It does work for certain certain, calorie restriction and cutting fat does work for a certain amount of people, but it's only about 15 to 20% of people. And that's since the seventies, what everybody's been told they need to do to lose weight. Um, But for most of us, it's really doing things that help our metabolism and help us be less resistant to the hormone insulin, which is a hormone that people think of as a hormone that helps with blood sugar, but it's really a hormone that has a lot to do with how much fat your body packs on. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, um, you know, insulin signals your cells to take in blood sugar. And at some point for a lot of people who have either a family history or certain things are being exposed to in the environment or the way they eat their body stops listening to the insulin signal at all. So their cells are just like, I'm not listening. Um, sure. You keep slamming insulin against the cell to try to make the blood sugar go in. And for a while it works because your pancreas has the capacity to make more and more insulin. But after a while, um, your pancreas actually burns out too. And that's how people become type 2 diabetics mm. You know, in the end of this whole journey of gaining weight. But right. uh, every time that insulin spikes, it actually packs on pounds. That's kind of the thing about it. So every time it spikes to make blood sugar go into your cells, it's also signaling your body to pack on the pounds. And so if your genetics make you more insulin resistant when you fast, you're going to pack on more pounds. And that's not everybody, but it's a certain number of people that are not going to benefit, for instance, from intermittent fasting. And By testing their genetics and their hormones, we can actually tell this. So that's what's really powerful about the approach that I can take now, which is very personalized. I call it like a personalized medicine approach to body composition, because I can figure out for you, Sharon, not the whole rest of the world, what you need to do. So yeah, that's kind of what's cool about it.
0: I love that. And I love how you break it down and make it make so much sense there too. And, you know, it's fascinating. I I've definitely been on that journey of the intermittent fasting and I actually did really well for a while, but then I went through a time where everything in my life was extremely stressful and, it seemed like that the intermittent fasting actually took my body to a much higher stress point a lot faster and so mm-hmm. i was like whoa i'm very i'm not i am very sensitive to my my system and so it's it's fasting that's why it's important for those of you that are listening to actually Find, you know, contact Dr. Emmy or find someone that does the type of work that she does, preferably her. She's she'd love to work with you uh, to actually work with so that you can figure out. Your personalized medicine, what actually is going to work for your body type? This stuff, epigenetics fascinates me. The little bit that I've, I've dabbled in listening and learning about, it's incredible. And I love how you gave the the story about the agent orange, because that was a huge, like what's going on here? Why is this happening to the people when they came back? What is, what is it that, you know, and then the generations and it's crazy how stuff. And then, and then to be able to turn on and off genes and figure that out holy cow. It's like
1: (laughs) the nerd in me kind of goes crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some of the crazy parts of it is that there's things you can do just that are so free that can actually turn your genes off and on. For instance, cortisol is a hormone that has a lot to do with what genes get turned on and turned off. And cortisol Mm -hmm. is a hormone that's made under stress. Well, there's a lot of mind-body wellness techniques you can do. My favorite is emotional freedom technique or tapping. And anybody who wants to learn more about tapping can just Message me on Instagram at Dr. Emmy is my, um, at Dr. is my Instagram handle. And, um, you know, you can basically figure out how to do this particular mind body wellness technique that's been proven to reduce cortisol. Cortisol actually makes you more insulin resistant, like we were talking about it, because cortisol is an ancient hormone. And for us as human beings, um, the history of cortisol is back when we were you know hunter gatherers on the savannah and we had to outrun predators. Cortisol would spike when we were supposed to like outrun a predator. And what it would do was it would make us more insulin resistant because we needed sugar to get to our muscles and it would take away you know blood flow to our gut and put it into our muscles so that we could run. And so our gut would become more leaky, but that was okay because it was short term. We we're just outrunning our sure. predator. Well, now, of course, none of us outrun predators, we just have chronic stressors that keep our cortisol high all the time, like our finances or whatever we're worrying about at the time. And so these mind-body wellness techniques that are totally free that you can learn to do like in five or 10 minutes can actually dramatically reduce cortisol and they've been shown to do that clinically. So that's what's so neat about it is, you know, there are things you can do that are natural, that are lifestyle-based, sometimes supplements, sometimes the way you eat or time you're eating or what you're eating. It can really be so instrumental in turning off the right genes for you. You know, not everyone else, but you specifically. So that's what's really powerful. A hundred percent. Or you know,
0: also massage. You can add that one as an extra. Massage, amazing. (laughs) I'm sure you have. Oh. that whole list, you know, and then I don't know if this is, would be on your list too, but like me, for me walking, especially at the end of a day, just going for a nice walk and looking at the sky, you know, and, and the trees and the grass and, and that is a, it helps me to sleep better for one. And then also to, to relax, but yes, the tapping is, is fantastic. So as Dr. Emmy mentioned, reach out to her if you want to learn a little bit more about that. And um, the the freedom technique there is, um, is beautiful. So, um, okay. So I'm curious, you mentioned, you've kind of touched on a a few, but my personal curiosity here is, you know, what, what has been, if you don't mind sharing with us, um, what has been one of the most interesting cases you've ever encountered and how did that turn out for you?
1: You mean as far as helping people get to the right body composition? Yes. Yes. So to me, some of the most interesting people are people who have never had weight loss problems in the past. Um, But it still can be genetic because of what's changing with their hormones and all of that. So um, I have a patient who is a lifelong um, horse competitor. She does really well in horse competitions. She's always been very petite, never had to worry about. She had other health issues but never with her weight. And then all of a sudden she starts packing on the pounds, you know, Mm -hmm. as she goes through the change. Well, we tested everything and almost everything was totally normal for her, except for one thing that hardly anyone ever checks when they work for people with their body composition. And that's a hormone called adiponectin. Adiponectin is a hormone that's made in the mitochondria, the little energy packets in our cells that actually make the energy for everything that our body does. And it's super important in fat loss. And unfortunately, checking it is not covered by insurance or anything, um, right. but it's a super, super important hormone if you're not losing weight. And she had great thyroid function. She wasn't insulin resistant. Although most of us over the age of 35 become somewhat more resistant to insulin. She wasn't resistant to leptin, which is another hormone for fat loss. that a lot of us have issues with over 35, but the adiponectin was just so, so low. And when mm-hmm. we Genetically, she did have the genetic defect for that, but it wasn't really hitting her as bad until some of these other hormonal changes had taken place, and and also aging. Aging actually um, hits the mitochondria, the little energy packets in the cell, because they're very sensitive to what we call free radical damage. So toxins in the environment, or you know things burning, make free radicals, and as you age you get more and more and more free radicals damaging these little mitochondria. So for her, she had crossed that point in her life where this gene actually became very important. Her inability to make the as well became more pronounced because of the other things that had happened with age and all that. And so what we did for her was we actually gave her things that helped the mitochondria to recover. There are specific antioxidants that can cross into the cell oh, yeah. and then cross into these little energy packets. And it's not your regular like vitamin C and all that. That doesn't really work. So sure. um, so for her, I mean, within a few months of that, her diphtenectin level went back up and she lost weight without making any other changes. And she's not a wow. person that, you know, lived a lifestyle that would normally make you gain weight either so um so it was really it was very interesting because it's it's just the power of understanding these nuances that come with you know gaining weight because a lot of people are like you know i am doing everything right and i'm still gaining weight and and that's why it's because there's these factors that are really correctable that no one's really checking for and they're just telling them to you know eat less and exercise more so wow
0: and How amazing that you found, you know, everything turned out fine. And you found that one little thing in the cell that that, that's amazing. And what a gift that through science and, and technology and everything that we have the tools to be able to do this. And then you have gained the knowledge and the skill to be able to figure that out and find that out to be able to help her. And I love I love that you shared that story because you. May not know, but I grew up that uh, competing with horses and hutter and jumpers. Oh, wow. and that was so it's so funny that you picked that story because I was like uh, I'm all years. <laughs> yeah, that was my that was my life for many years, and I tell you what, you know, working around the barn and doing all that stuff, and and up until my up into my twenties, you know, I I moved constantly, and and it was it's a very active lifestyle, and you know, if you're hay bales and water buckets and grooming, and you know everything that riding, then you know you stay very
1: fit normally um, with all of those pieces, and uh, yeah, so. Sure. So that, that was kind of what was interesting about her as she was still doing all that and the weight was still packing on. So yeah, age, like you said, age is incredible and hormones and the
0: changes, but, but so grateful for people, doctors like you who are actually doing what you're doing and um, what a gift that we do have you. So, uh, so as as our friends listening, we did, you talk to them. Um, I'd love to give them like kind of a takeaway and then I'll have one last question that you don't know is coming. That's going to be fun, um, <laughs> but uh, I'd love to give them a takeaway. So we talked about, you know, the tapping and massage and maybe walking, but what is one thing that our friends listening could maybe start today to um, live a healthier, happier lifestyle that you would suggest?
1: So I can give you three actually that are generalizable to everyone. And there's not very many. Like I had a cardiologist ask me, what's one food you would tell everyone to eat? And I'm like, there's not one food because I test everyone for their food sensitivities, but there are three takeaways that I can give everyone. Beautiful. One is get adequate water. Um, Unless you have heart failure or kidney disease, which limits how much water you can drink, um, you know, get your 64 to 80 ounces a day. And one of the reasons for that is that the drive for thirst gets mistaken for the drive for hunger all the time. And so you definitely want to, you know, make sure that thirst isn't driving you to eat out of turn because mm, the things you want to do is really control your cravings and temptations by figuring out where they're coming from, you know, and and you know, people are like, "Oh, I messed up again." Well, it's not that you wanted to mess up again. Nobody wants to mess up again. It's things that are driving you to do that whether it's, you know, your gut bacteria or yeast overgrowth in your gut or whether it's insulin resistance or whether it's you're low on water. You know you're going to mess up because these drives make you mess up, and so if you can correct those drives, you're not going to mess up. So, so drinking enough water is number one. Number two is get adequate minerals. Like most Americans are deficient in magnesium, and you need magnesium to lose weight. So get your magnesium level checked, and if it's under two, take a magnesium malleate and glycinate chelate or a magnesium 3 and 8 with dinner. It will really help your sleep. It will really help. Um, you know, with, uh, things like feeling heart palpitations, I actually have a video about magnesium deficiency. I mean, things from headaches to, you know, muscle spasms to not losing weight can be secondary to magnesium. And that's really, really common, especially for those of us in North America. And then the third takeaway is really mind the oils in your diet. That's for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, get rid of those vegetable oils, the canola oil, the sunflower. Sunflower in small amounts is okay, but you don't want to be cooking and and eating a lot of stuff with it. Safflower, um, cottonseed, all of these are really heavy in omega-6s, which are very inflammatory. So when you cook, try to use uh, walnut oil if you're not allergic to walnuts or uh, coconut oil or um, even avocado oil. The avocado oil has a somewhat lower smoke point, um, so you want to be careful if something's super high heat. Don't use avocado. Um, but those tend to have lower omega-6s, <coughs> neutral oils, and then if you're doing raw, olive oil is awesome. Olive oil is awesome raw, but it's not awesome cooked because it actually has a low smoke point and it can, it can change the oil when you heat it. So it's really best, you know, sprinkled over your food raw and your salad dressings and that kind of thing. But oils are actually one of the main things that drives inflammation, and inflammation is one of the things that packs on the pounds. So, really wow. cleaning up the kinds of oils you're using can be really important. And most processed foods have those really horrible, you know, oils that have the omega sixes that are going to drive your body th- towards inflammation. Um, you know, getting enough omega three is also really important too. So, if you're a vegan, you can get DHA from algae. You know, if you're not vegan, you can use fish that don't have a lot of mercury or fish oil um, that's, you know, from a really good source that's third-party tested and filtered and all that stuff. So those are some of the big well, takeaways we give everybody. Those
0: are amazing takeaways. I know that, that those listening or I was, I was taking notes like, okay, gotta write this down, write this down because I've heard parts and pieces of that for, but just thank you. Those were incredible. And I have recently started taking that mag, more magnesium and mm-hmm. some of those pieces. So, but I'm like the oils, wow. I, I actually didn't know that. So like um, phenomenal. Like I said, I always learn something new when I talk with you, Dr. Emmy. So I appreciate that, but really fast here. Last question that um, is a fun one. So people can kind of get to know you a little bit more, but so on a personal note, when was the last time you went belly dancing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so I belly dance about every other day at home with the practice. Um, but in public, it's been a long time. <laughs> I actually have a belly dance outfit that I'm going to start doing my some videos with, and I'm very excited about it. There's a picture of it on my Instagram where I got it and unboxed it, and I was like, oh my gosh, my red belly dance costume is here, um, and I do have some videos where I've kind of belly danced certain things. I think I have one about adiponectin, uh, where <laughs> I'm belly dancing to, you know, talking about how to increase your adiponectin, but I just love it because it kind of keeps me honest and and keeps me wanting to look young because I have to fit into this costume, <laughs> right? And, uh, you, know, you have to make sure your abs are in order. <laughs> so I yeah, it. I love it, and I've done it since my 20s. So it's just something I love to do. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, well, I'm sure that people are definitely going to go check out the doctor who belly dances now. <laughs> <laughs> so i told you guys she's fun and she's super smart and 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 i know that you got tons out of this. You might want to go back and re-listen so you can actually take those notes. But Dr. Emmy, thank you again so much for being here. Again, I'll mention it again. Every single time I talk with you, I learn something new. And um, so guys, you can follow Dr. Emmy on Clubhouse, on Instagram. That's a great place to follow her on. She does some amazing videos, reels on there too. And you can also check out her blog and offerings at Dr. Spelled Out emmy.com. And as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. And as you go on your way, I'm going to ask you, what are you going to do with your superpower? All right. Bye for now, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you.